This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Pumped about today's episode. Repair after rupture. I couldn't make a funny pun this time. No, because you have a good repair in- isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Rupture is isn't very, really funny either, right? Very serious. But we so, got we got a lot of questions about yeah. this. Well, I guess it, I, I, apparently in a bunch of episodes, we talk about rupture and repair, which is something we talk about a lot in our work. And then we didn't realize people didn't really know what that meant. Right. So... We're going to tell you uh, what does repair after rupture look like? How do we get there? What the hell are these words we're saying? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Okay. First, I want to say that I want to normalize the fact that rupture is part of being in a relationship. No matter what, not even a romantic relationship, every relationship Every health relationship you're ever in will have some type of rupture at some point. And so throughout it, probably. And so to be able to first normalize that, to say that rupture is just a part of being in a relationship, it is impossible to be in a relationship that you don't have rupture in. But the key there is that when there's rupture, to learn how to repair it with your partner or with anyone. Let's talk about what that looks like, what that repair looks like, okay. because so I, when we say rupture, it's a fight. <laughs> it's a fight. It's, it's a, a break, break of trust. It's it's a, and, yeah. and when we say break of trust, it could be 
emotional trust, right? Where there was a bid for connection and your partner shut you down in a mm-hmm. way that hurt you. You talked to your partner about doing something specific and they didn't end up doing it, right? Yeah. Like it's another break in trust. Yeah. And so it can be so many different things. And I think something to think about as a listener is what does rupture look like for you in your relationship? What does that look like? And what does it bring up for you? Yeah. And rupture doesn't have to be like, I get like slightly annoyed by my partner. Like, that's just normal. Um, <laughs> I mean, right? that could be rupture it too. Could be, right? It could be rupture. But like, right, like what are you considering to be like an actual break in a rupture? And then what does repair look like? So for when we say repair, a lot of people think of making up. Right. So what does the apology look like? How do we make up and how do we start to do this repair? It's interesting that so many people struggle with repair and apologies. Why do you think that is? Uh, Pride. I think there's a lot of emphasis in arguments on being right or wrong, right? And so I think there's this expectation that if you're apologizing, you're admitting defeat or you're saying I was wrong and you were right. But what we know is that it's not about being right or wrong in your relationship. It's about being close. And we love Terry Real, who has an episode that's coming out, who always said that there is no place for subjective reality. Objective reality. <laughs> there's no place for objective reality in personal relationships. In personal relationships. Yeah. And there's no point in in fighting over who was right or who was wrong because you because have different matter. perspectives. So Terry says, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? We typically say, do you want to be right or do you want to be close? Right. Because when you get into that tit for tat, it's not closeness, right? It's not intimacy. It's just right or wrong. You So I had said, why do you think it's so hard? You said pride. I think one of the other things difficult is for a lot of us, our parents fought in front of us and then made up behind closed doors. Oh. And so it wasn't really modeled. Right. And for a lot of us, apologies were something we were forced into as children. Go apologize for hitting your brother. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So like like actually genuine taking personal responsibility. I do not think that that is taught. And I'm just thinking about in in our parents generation. Do you feel like your parents ever apologized to you? Yes. Oh, see, mine did not. <laughs> yeah, my parents are different. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was more so. My mom, especially. Yes. So, at le- yeah. So, in, right, your mom's a therapist. Yes. Which, you know, lovely. <laughs> but I, I think it was always, you know, because I said so, because I'm the parent, right? So, so that's another thing is that sometimes parents aren't modeling if they make a mistake, if they admit that they're human beings yeah. and them apologizing. Sometimes they do, though. But you should apologize to your kids. You should apologize to any person. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. And so but if you didn't have your parents, you know, doing that in their relationship with you. Well, and I have to say a lot of this goes to how we treat children as a society in general, which is like we actually treat children as if they're less than other people. Right. That they do not deserve explanations, apologies, kindness, consideration. Right. Like it's it's that's a that's a thing I have. We're not going to get into that. We could get into that, though, because the be- <laughs> apologize to your fucking kids, man. The the because I said so thing that didn't work for me because it doesn't work because I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Eat my fries with a fork because you said so. You like, had to eat your fries with a fork. Is that not the weirdest fucking thing? I've given my dad so much shit for this. 
he made me eat my fries with a fork. Yeah, I'm stunned. And I'd be like, that doesn't, why? Like, that doesn't make sense. He'd be like, you know, because I said so. And so I just have given him shit. I know, doesn't that blow your mind? I know. I hope he's listening to this. (laughs) I am calling you out. So we should call him and ask for an apology today. Yeah. I mean, he's apologized for that because he realized realized that was weird later on. Yeah, that was. okay. so so a lot of people asked in. So can you give an example of what healthy repair looks like? Mm. So, okay, yeah, everyone's different. One, um, I really love the book. uh, Harriet Lerner's Why Won't You Apologize? Mm. That talks about this because for some people it's like, why the fuck won't you apologize? What is this? And that book goes into it in a really good way. We'll put that in the show notes. So what healthy repair looks like could be different for your relationship depending on how your relationship functions in my relationship where we do a lot of talking healthy repair looks like hey how i behaved earlier sucked and i'm sorry that that happened it was my own stuff i 100% took out on you i did a b and c and like taking like actually saying what you did taking an apology and saying also what you're going to do next time that's what it looks like in my relationship yes. i forgive you by the way <laughs> just wanted to let you know that okay, I forgive yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, something that is really important in my relationship too is acknowledging how my behavior had affected the other person, yeah. right? Had affected my partner. You know, when I acted this way, I realized that like, this is how this made you feel. I'm really sorry about that. This is how I think I think mentioning how you, what you're going to do different next time is also really important, not just mentioning it, but following through with it. Yeah. Because there is no greater apology than changed behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that words fall on deaf ears. Is that the yeah. saying? Yeah. If you're not following through with those words. Right. I think the other thing to keep in mind is like we're talking about repair, like we're not just talking about apologies. Right. So repair is how you come together. And if my partner is still in a dysregulated state and can't hear that apology, I might have to just sit next to them or I might have to say, like, I'm going to give you space and, and go upstairs and then let's talk about this tomorrow. Right. Like, so it is taking some type of accountability to have attunement towards your partner and how they're thinking and feeling. Because if your partner is not in that space. OK, apologize to me again. And we're going to do an enactment. OK, OK. Um, listen, I am so sorry. I blew up at you earlier. I was really stressed out from work and I and I totally took it out. on you. Yeah, you're right. You were a fucking asshole. I know that you're still really mad about this. I can hear how mad you are. I'm going to give you space to go be mad. Good. And I'm thank gonna... God. I don't want to be around you. I know. Um, I didn't really mean that. <laughs> but I mean, but like, but that's but an I example. Have, but I also had a choice, which was to, to react to you. All right. Well, if you're going to be a fucking dick, I'm not going to apologize. Exactly. Right. Fight keeps happening then. Right. Like, so like that yes. thing is like, how do I hold on to myself? Even when my partner is dysregulated, you still need to hold on to yourself. And you're allowed to say, hey, please don't use that language with me. I know that you're upset, but please don't talk to me that way. I'm going to walk upstairs. Let's just not say anything else. Like you can just say like, we we need to take a pause on all communication, right? Nobody respond to anyone. Like anything that we say right now is not nice. So let's walk away from this. And and that it might take some trial and error too, right? So like if you came to me at a time in which I was dysregulated and you're like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Can't really tell if they're dysregulated. And so, hey, you know, that was really shitty of me. I want to make sure that I apologize to you. And you see that your partner's reactive. That is your signal to make sure 
you're holding on to yourself in those moments, right? The fight can so easily start happening again if you don't read the room, right? And so that's an important thing to note, right? That you can say to, listen, my partner is not in a state in which they're able to have this conversation that's going to lead to repair because then it leads to re-rupture, right? You, it can lead you back into this break in your relationship. It can create a deeper wound if you're not reading the room. Yeah. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. And so one of the things I can also do is let's say you're like, well, I'm not going to go apologize because they started it, but I want this to be over. I can walk up to my partner. This is when you'll have to watch this on YouTube so you can understand that other things that are happening here. <laughs> uh, watch the video on this, right? Where I can walk up to my partner and say, hey, earlier sucked. And we both said a bunch of stuff that sucked. And 
I have some thoughts about how we can move forward here tonight, but I'd like to hear from you too. What should we do to repair this? Because sometimes take me out to dinner. (laughs) Okay, let's go out to dinner and reconnect and relax. And we're going to table this towards tomorrow. Yeah. Can we get Italian? Always. There it is. (laughs) Right. So like, but. And I think one of the things that people might get frustrated about when we do these examples is like, okay, but that's not how it plays out. Right. But what if it could? But what if it could? Right. But what if you were to try to say, like, what if we genuinely try to change how we communicate? Because people are often like, well, that's not how we talk. All right. But like, that's not how I drive a car. But if I'm driving like a fucking asshole, I move it. You know, like (laughs) there's at some point you can say, like, I'm going to take some personal responsibility and change how we communicate as a system. And that's the thing is that if you're like, if you're listening to this episode, right, my assumption, I mean, if you listen with your partner, awesome. But my assumption is that's probably not happening. And so if you're listening to this episode and you're like, okay, you know, I am going to make sure that I hold on to myself and I change the way in which I'm communicating and and repair after we're having this rupture, your partner might not be ready for that change because they haven't experienced it yet, right? Yeah. They might be gearing up for a continued fight yeah. if that has how it's always been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so know that this might take a bunch of times until your partner really knows that you're kind of there's a safety in having that conversation after after the rupture right so they might respond to you in a really argumentative way when you try to come to them and have this conversation and so that is a point in which you can make a decision to say am i going to reengage in this fight or am i going to hold on to myself and respond with you know, love and say, listen, let's table this because I don't think we're in the right place right Mm -hmm. now. So Mm -hmm. you have choices in those moments, even when your partner makes the decision to be reactive. Yeah. Okay. So this is, here's a really good question. Yeah. How to get past the awkwardness and bounce back after a fight. I like to bring the awkwardness into the room Yeah. because I like, we talked about before is meta communication, right? I like to be like, so Right, you can really cut the tension with a knife in this house right now, huh? Like, I like to be like, or the other day I said to my partner, I said, are we still fighting? I'm so tired. Yeah. Right? So, like, for me, like, I like to bring it into the room to be like, okay, like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) What do we do now, man? Like, I'm very tired from this situation. But I also think people often think that then you have to have a resolution or solve it. But, like, there's going to be some fights in your relationships where there's no solving it. Right. There's just none. I'm laughing because in my relationship, my partner always just like makes a joke. I thought that doesn't Bill talk through the dog? That's that's a helpful one. We haven't done that. He wants his parents to stop fighting. Is that what he says? Yeah, yeah, something like that. No, but he'll just like make he can bounce back from things so much quicker than I can, and so he will just make a joke. And even though I'm like still pissed off about something, I just start cracking up. Yeah, because it's so hard to like hold on to the anger when he's making a joke or like being playful with me. And so I think that also speaks to the importance of joy, humor, and friendship in your relationships. And so that I think is something to think about too, is that like you can pull that back into the relationship. And the fact of the matter is like sometimes he'll make a joke and I'm so pissed or so upset that like I'm not laughing. Yeah. (laughs) And But most of the time it works. But you might make a joke. You might like pull that in and your partner doesn't respond or they don't laugh. And 
that might you need to be okay with that, right? Yeah. Like it's almost like you made a bid and, and you're seeing, are you dysregulated? Can we bring this back together? And if not, that's okay. You can give them some more space. Well, I was thinking about like in terms of like, there's like my daughter first wakes up. It's a scary situation we got what going happened? on. I got she is a cranky, cranky lady. Right. Um, Who isn't when they first wake up? You me. know, right? Yeah, you just You've like met me. You like rock it out of bed. Yeah, I do. It's because I got 13 hours of sleep a night. <laughs> Because I, like, I go to bed at like nine thirty every night. Um, I'll be texting her at like eleven. Like, what do you think answering. about? Oh, first of all, I will horrible not be answering. Yes, about. <laughs> won't be me. Won't be me. Not this girl. Um. So okay, but like I think the other thing is okay. So with my daughter, I don't just try one time. I continuously try because I know she'll come back, and I know that that's important. We need to do that with our partners. We need to give them the same benefit of the doubt as we would do for our children. So when you talk about like the awkwardness of bounce back after a fight. How how do we handle any type of awkwardness or difficulty in our relationship? Everyone's different, right? So even though we're talking about humor, yours might be physical touch. Yours might be like, let's go on a walk around the block together. Yours might be we're going to put some music on and dance, right? Like to say like what works for us as a couple. I also think awkwardness is just part is going to be part of your relationship at times. That is just part of it, right? And it's the... um tolerance that we have for any emotion, right? To just be able to sit in the awkwardness, right? Like, okay, this is uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. now. How can I sit with this? It won't last forever. Yeah. Right. There will be a time where the tension breaks. My husband wants to connect intimately, but I struggle to after we fight is makeup sex real. So I think an important thing to note is that is there actually repair does does he just want to get straight to the fucking yeah he just wants to let's just shove yeah this, like is that yeah is that a way of avoid it? it's like, oh here's spread. how we reconnect but you like need something first so i would be interested to know is that actually coming after repair where there's emotional intimacy? well and i also want wonder if for your husband is that his way of emotionally reconnecting with you whereas that might not work for you you might have different ways of attempting to reconnect with each other, right? For you, it might be, we need to talk this out. We need to have a conversation about it. For your husband, it might be like, I just need to feel close to you, you know, intimately, sexually. And so is makeup sex a real thing for some people? Yeah, but not all. But not all, right? Some people. And so that I think that's an important thing to say is like, what do you need after rupture? And it might be different from what your partner needs. And that's okay to have a conversation about it and almost negotiate what that looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What if neither partner believes they're wrong? Was that okay. a question? Yeah. So next week's episode with Terry Real. We don't know what week it is. I, we're going to make it next week because I'm <laughs> saying it right now, Nikki. Okay, so next week's episode with Terry Real. We talk about this more in depth, so you have to listen to that. But like, it, we don't need somebody to be wrong or right. That's not what this is about. So it doesn't have to be that there's one right and what's wrong. It, it doesn't matter what matters is how do we reconnect to us what do we do together to move forward with this right and wrong it, it, it doesn't matter there's no place for objective reality apparently in a personal relationship in a personal relationship okay my stubbornness can make it hard to hear my partner's perspective tips for working on this i would ask yourself where's that stubbornness coming from for you what is hard about allowing yourself to pull down that wall because stubbornness really is a wall, right? It's a wall that you're putting up that 
keeps you from being able to be vulnerable and connected to your partner, right? So it's a barrier to relational connection. And that you learn somewhere, right? Like you're not bad for this. Right. And stubborn isn't horrible. Right. And barriers are there because we're trying to protect ourselves from being hurt. We do everything for a reason, right? Like we're human. There are reasons why we've learned to be stubborn. That's a good thing to ask yourself. Where did you learn that? Right. Was that something that was modeled for you? Um, Was that uh, something that you needed growing up? And how is that still working for you in your relationship to be stubborn, to not hear your partner's perspective? What happens when you are stubborn and you don't allow yourself to open up to what your partner's saying? How does your partner react to that? Do they get even more angry? Do they withdraw more? Look at how that wall might be affecting your relational connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that help you survive don't often help you thrive, right? So you learned it from somewhere and now you're realizing maybe it's not that helpful. So what would it be like to say nothing when your partner talks, to not be defensive, to not that, to just hear and listen and say to him, I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to hear this. Right. And for you to actively not talk over them or be defensive or have a reply to just hear your partner. And I think something that is so challenging in that is being able to hear your partner without the intent of like, well, this is what I'm going to say back, right? To really hear them. I ha- I think I struggle with that a lot. You know, if I'm in the to be able to be like, okay, I need to like, I, I say, I need to ground myself so I can actually like be there with my partner and hear what they're saying. And I think that's really hard. Like when you're in the middle of an argument or, you you know, it's hard to be able to ground yourself and say, I want to actually be there for this person because clearly they're hurting, right? So putting the relationship, I think, ahead of yourself mm-hmm. is so helpful in that. Mm-hmm. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. 
A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Should both people apologize? I think that depends on what's happening and the relationship. I, I mean, apologies, I feel like are personal, right? Some people yeah. like getting apologies are very important for them. It's yes. significant. Probably the people that didn't get them from in their life that really need them now. And for other people, apologies don't really matter. So I think you have to say like for as a couple, like our apology is important for us. Do we want to do that? Is it important for there to be a, a personal responsibility is taken? How do we want to handle that? Are we putting that expectation? And I think that's like an important thing to work through together as a couple. How do you argue in a healthy way? No name calling. No criticism. No, you, you're talking about what is happening right here. Not shit from three weeks ago. Le not talking over each other. Hearing each other. No sarcasm. No stonewalling. No stonewalling. And once again, you know, and I, I know that this is not easy, but working on your ability to respond and not react. Mm -hmm. The reactivity is coming from a place, uh, a place in which you're in pain. And so, but to, to bring that reactivity into your arguments, right, where you are name calling, you are yelling, you are, is not going to be productive for the communication. Mm -hmm. I really like this question. How to heal when you have said things that were unkind, but not necessarily untrue. Oof. Honesty without tact is cruelty. Tone matters. Language matters. How we say things absolutely matter. So do we take positive responsibility? I should not, no matter how I was feeling towards you in that moment, I shouldn't have said it that way. That sucked. Right. Right. Take responsibility for the part that you effed up, whether it was the tone, whether it was the language, whether it was the name calling, right? And say like, I, and it, it does go into something that Terry Real's new book talks about, which is like 
daring to be unhappy, daring to do something scary and be honest in your relationship. And a lot of times we don't do that. So it comes out in a nasty way when there's an explosion. There's a difference between saying, hey, you're so fucking lazy. You never do X, Y, and Z. And hey, it would be really helpful for me if you could make sure that you did this, this, and this before you left, right? There's, and so if the truth is your partner isn't contributing in a way that would be really helpful to the family, that's the truth. The way in which you go about expressing it, that's what matters. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when you heal, so take responsibility, not for the content, but for how you handle the content. The way in which you express yourself. Mm -hmm. So that might be, okay, for anyone listening. Yes. If you're thinking about, think about the times maybe you argued with, with a partner or a parent friend, think about the way in which maybe you expressed yourself that could have been cruel, could have been critical, could have been harsh, and write that down. And then if you're in the car, do not write that down. (laughs) Don't crash. Park. Think about it. (laughs) Park. (laughs) And I want you to think about what are five other ways that I could have expressed that to this person that would have changed the way in which this communication would have gone? I really like this question. Um, what to do when the other half takes no accountability, is passive aggressive, and uses low blows? Mm. This is when I think it's important to say the way we fight is not helping us thrive as a couple. And we need to, I would like to go to couples counseling to talk this through. And one of the things that your therapist is going to happen in couples counseling, we talked about in the couples counseling episode, is like your therapist is looking for an enactment. We want you to fight in the room. We want to see it happen so we can interrupt it. Because a lot of times you go in and you fight perfectly. And here's the thing. If you can do it in front of the professional, you can do it at home. You have the ability to hold on to yourself and talk differently. Why do we let it go? Typically, because we enter into a different brain state. We don't hold on to ourselves the same way. We allow ourselves to get dysregulated and fly off the damn handle. Fly off that handle. I've been there. I do it. Like, I'm not like, same. like, I feel like this is why we like doing this show is because like the, it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human. And we're therapists. We know all these things. Yeah. And we still get caught in them. Yes. Yeah. And I think if that is happening with your partner, it is important to bring that to light for them in a way that is kind and loving, right? So if your reaction to that is shut down and not say anything, or if your reaction to that is being passive aggressive back, there is no, you're not calling out the dynamic that is really playing a role in how you're feeling in the relationship. Yes. And so it's also important if your partner's not holding themselves accountable, also to ask yourself, how much am I holding my partner accountable in Mm -hmm. these moments, in the moment that it's happening, in the moment that they're being passive aggressive? Because some people don't have the awareness that they're doing that. I think it's very true, especially if it's so normalized. If you came from a family, then that is truly how people communicate. Then like, yeah, like it doesn't seem like there's anything problematic. And I think something, you know, something that you can do, too, is be like, hey, you know, what you said to me felt really passive aggressive. Here is another way that would help me hear you better. Right. I would be able to hear you so much better if you express it to me like this. It would really mean a lot to me if you could work on the way that you Mm -hmm. express that. 
But instead, when someone's being passive aggressive to us, we're like, well, fuck you then. I'm not going to do that. But I think it's also important, even if you came from a family that this is genuinely how we all communicate, how does that make you feel? Right. As a child, when somebody talked to you in a passive aggressive or low blow way, like, how does it really make you feel? Like, do you want another important person in your life to feel that way? And sometimes the way in which we do that, right, instead of saying like, hey, this is really hurtful for me, wondering how that would feel for you if I had said that to you, we are passive aggressive back to make them feel how we're feeling, Yep. Mm -hmm. right? Instead, we just get into this negative interactional cycle that we can't get out of and then we get stuck in and then we're like, why am I so resentful in the relationship? Well, this is why. I had a couple once where he... One of the things that she brought in was she was very upset that he often did not express how he felt about her and that made her feel unloved and invalidated. And so I said, well, what's it like when you how does he take it when you express it to him? She said, well, I don't. Interesting. I said. So I wonder what it would be like to give to somebody what you also want Mm -hmm. for them to experience that. And how that it feels to express it as much as right, like. We have this idea that if we keep doing nothing and saying nothing, they're going to do these things right our fucking minds. And so how do we also take personal responsibility in relationships and offer that up? And I think a tit for tat situation comes Mm. up there, too, where you're like, well, if you're not going to give that to me, I'm definitely not going to give that to you. Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to what you put into the relationship is also what you get out of the relationship. Right. To really think about it in that way. So for repair. Repair. What matters? Your relationships, whether you're talking about friends, coworkers, romantic partner, they really matter. And for a lot of us, if we grew up in a family where there was avoidance or we didn't talk about stuff or like, I mean, how many people like have like blowout fights with their siblings and then they're just like, all right, you want to go to McDonald's now? Like, right. So like, so if you Eat might your have French fries with yeah, a fork when you get there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to really process that after we stop recording. I know. I um, think I need to go to therapy <laughs> real quick. Do you know any therapists? Um, so right to like this idea of like, okay, what does it actually look like to apologize? What does it actually look like to repair to whether that's embracing someone, physical touch, sitting next to them, laughing together? H- how do we do something that's fun and reconnecting after a time of distress in our relationship? And, you know, it's it's something to have a conversation about when you're not in the midst of a fight, right? Yeah, when you're already highly activated, mm-hmm. you can't be like, how should we repair this how right we, now? We need to and figure if, it out. And if that's important for you, like if you feel like I have to repair this for me to feel okay, that's a measurement. And you can, right. <laughs> and you can bring it up to your partner by saying, hey, you know, I just listened to this episode. Use the episode. I said to, I said to clients like, you can use our session as a catalyst to be able to bring this into your relationship. I was talking to my therapist and wanted to have this conversation with you. So I was listening to this episode or, you know, I was thinking about it. And I want to talk to you about like when when we have a fight, what is really helpful for you in order to like repair? Like, what does that look like for you? Here's what it looks like for me. And so I just want to make sure we're on the same page, right? Like have a conversation about it, especially when you're not in the midst of a fight. And I think there's a lot of fear around doing that because people believe that, okay, if I bring this up when we're not in a fight, is it going to turn into a fight? And I think if you approach the the conversation in a way that's very loving and saying like, I want to make sure anytime that we fight, that we can bring ourselves back together mm-hmm. as fast as possible, right? When we're both ready. I mean, yeah. that's a better thing to say. 
And I want to know what that looks like for you. It's really important for me to know what that means to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for Dear Emma Jen? I'm so ready. Dear Emma Jen, after fighting, my significant other wants to fix it immediately, and I need time alone. This only leads to more arguing. Help. So this is something that we <laughs> talked about that, you know, it sounds to me like your partner is anxious, right? There's some anxiety there of there being rupture. I can only be okay when you're okay. Right. And so, which lends itself to some codependency. And so it sounds like your partner's uh, having trouble regulating their emotions in those moments. And they're saying, I need you to regulate my emotions for me. I need you to come here. We need to fix it. And so I think having a conversation with your partner, once again, outside of the argument, to be able to say, hey, listen, we have an argument. Like, I just want you to know I love you. I am going to do whatever I can do to make sure that we're going to work on this relationship together. But in those moments, I need 10 minutes. I need, but just know when I'm taking that space, I still love you and I'm thinking about you. But it's important that we both take the time to regulate our own emotions so that we can come back together. Is that too much of a therapist answer? No, it was a really good answer. The other thing I was thinking about was like the idea of like some of this is time and trust, right? Like I have to trust that like we are going to be okay, even if we're not okay in this exact moment. And when I can say that to myself, when I can calm that central nervous system part down, then I'm okay to give you space. because. We're talking about a lifetime. We're not talking about just today. And I think that is a really hard thing to say is that like, okay, like long term, does anything matter? Like like <laughs> long term, and I also, what truly matters here? I sometimes, and we were actually talking about this in the car, like sometimes you have to go through that a bunch of times yeah. in your relationship in order to know that there's security and to know that there's a phase, like everything else, like, and we don't blame, we were talking about this, when, when the moon goes through phases, whether it's full or half or whatever, you're not sitting there saying, ah, oh, it's so fucked up, it's not a full moon tonight, right? You're sitting here saying like, oh, that's just what a moon does. Just like right. all human beings truly go through phases. It's not good, bad, moral, anything else. It just is. I was going to say, we do blame Mercury in retrograde for that. That's things. true. And I will keep doing that. Yeah, because it's very it's, helpful. It's fault. It's it's Mercury's fault. And and when things are going awry and Mercury's not in retrograde, I'm like, something else must be happening. <laughs> different. Something's we don't know the what planet's happening, the but the, right, the tides. Those tides got us again. We hope that uh today's episode resonated with you. Um, we always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can watch us on YouTube, follow us at Trick Chicks or the Therapy Group. And if you're interested in working with one of our amazing clinicians and you are located in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. Delaware, Massachusetts, Florida, or California. We would love to set you up with a clinician. As always, thank you for listening. And you should absolutely never forget that to grow yourself, you really got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? 
We're gonna uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.